We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. You're really starting to see even bigger problems come out of that locker room because you've got unnamed players telling the media that the coach is no good. <laughs> and that, on so many levels, usually leads to bad things for that coach. Now, I don't see a lot of owners that would look and say, all right, these are just two rogue players that are doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Let's sniff them out and get them because we believe in the coach. I think after what they saw, you know, John Mara, the owner of the Giants, what he saw on Sunday against the Rams, followed up by this. He's not going to give Ben McAdoo the benefit of the doubt. So if you didn't see the quotes, it's from Josina Anderson, who spoke to two unnamed players. Mm -hmm. Now, I would hope that these guys have a little bit of cachet. Like, I hope that there's not just dudes that are running down on kickoffs and not hitting anybody. You know, I would hope that these guys, she would at least develop relationships in a locker room with guys who would know the real pulse of it, not just, you know, nobodies. Um, and also, nobody's generally don't talk, right? I mean, they they, <laughs> they shouldn't, right? Because they're like, <laughs> like that's what I think when I see unnamed player quotes. I think it's someone who's secure in their job. Yeah, I don't think it's a guy who's fighting every single day to keep the job. All right. Not to say that if you're not a starter, you can't have a sense of of, of what's going on in that locker room. You do, but uh, you should stay in your place. So this is one of the quotes from an unnamed player. McAdoo has lost this team. He's got us going 80% on Saturdays before we get on a plane to play a game. It's wild. Changed our off day. He's dishing out fines like crazy. Suspended two of our stars when we need them the most. Throws us under the bus all the time. He's ran us into the ground and people wonder why we've been getting got. (laughs) The second player said on a condition of anonymity. Guys are giving up on the season and nothing's being done. Guys just don't care anymore. Hmm. Well, I I saw her report and you had those quotes and then she also said she talked to uh, Landon Collins, who's a leader on that football team. You want to hear what he had to say? And uh, he dispelled some of that. Yeah, he said that I feel like uh, no, sorry, that's that's one of those other players. I feel like we don't really got no leader in Coach McAdoo. I feel like we really don't got no leader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Triple we ain't negative. We got no leader. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, so, no, here's uh, Landon <laughs> Collins. Uh, McAdoo's been leading us the same way he led us last year, so I don't knock the way he's been doing things. Finding people like crazy. If you don't follow the rules, you get in trouble because you got to pay the consequences. I wouldn't say he lost the team. I have the utmost respect for him. He's been doing a great job just trying to figure it out like we all are. Yeah, uh, it's interesting. McAdoo was at the helm last year, and this team got to the playoffs. So what's the difference this year? You know what's going to be expected of you. You know what he wants to run, and it hasn't worked out. So I'm sure he hasn't uh, departed from his core philosophy in running this team this year. 
uh, he, he, he's running it in the same manner as a season ago. So what is wrong with this football team? And you have a guy who's done good work in this league and, and Landon Collins saying, hey, I love the guy. I, I like what he's doing. You have others who won't put their name on it saying he's lost his team. Uh, so uh, I don't know what the problem is because you got different factions saying different things and, and you have a team that just won one ball game. And I saw McAdoo's conference, press conference the, the other day, and he was outlining all these things they needed to do. Another instance where I think you should have that on the top of your brain. You don't need to look down at a damn sheet of paper uh, describing what we need to do moving forward. Why isn't that just right there off the you – know, you, you, you can talk off the cuff. You don't need to read anything. I mean, because this is how serious the situation has – has gotten, I don't need to read from prepared remarks to discuss what my football team needs to do. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Maybe it's just me. I'm sensitive to those things. If it's something as pertinent as what's happening with this football team and how we move forward, that's top of brain. I can just I can relay that to you without having to look down at a damn sheet of paper. I tell you what the difference is between last year and this year is the things when you're winning games, that's easy to do. It's easy to have control of a locker room when you're winning games. It's when things start to go wrong, are you good enough as a head coach to get the best out of the guys that are still there? And I know that it's ultimately up to the player, but good head coaches are the ones that are able to still inspire their team when things are looking bleak. I understand that. My point is, my question was, what is, what's different this year from last year? What's different? Why aren't you winning? They should have been winning it from the beginning. Well, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of injuries, and they lost a lot of close games, and then it just spiraled out of control. So, I mean, I think that they were better than, I mean, they're clearly better than this, and they had more talent, and they lost a bunch of close games as opposed to winning those close games. It could have changed your entire season, and then they lost a whole bunch of players. So, I mean, that that to me is the, the difference, and I also think that even though Odell Beckham Jr. is a guy who we tend to crush all the time for his behavior, but I think he means a whole heck of a lot to that locker room, and I think that his fellow teammates look at him as like, we got that guy. We got a shot. I agree, but they didn't win when he was in the fold. Right, but they, they lost a couple close games. What I'm saying is the reason why I think it's gotten to this point now, they weren't quitting before that. It looked like they quit on Sunday. Yeah. So it's a, it's a different-looking team. They were competing for a while, and then now, like this last week, they didn't compete whatsoever. So that's where I'm talking about right now what's going on is I think that they just they feel like there's no hope. And then if the players feel like there's no hope whatsoever and we're going through the motions and then the coach is making them do a bunch of stuff they don't want to do, then that is that is the playbook on how you lose the team. <laughs> well, you doing a bunch of things that you don't want to do. Well, hell, he's the one that lays down the law. He's the one that comes in and, and sets the agenda. And it's the same agenda as last year. Now it may be ratcheted up a little bit because of the hole you have dug for yourself. Nothing has changed from, from his approach from last year to this year, you go along with it and you dig a little deeper. You work a little harder. I still don't get how the approach a, a year ago without all the injuries they have sustained this year is any different from uh, uh, any different this year and, and why you haven't been able to overcome. Well, maybe there were some of these issues that happened last year. They just stayed healthier and they played better and that's what masked the issues. And now the fact that they're losing, these things are coming up. I mean, it's not like... 
you had a whole bunch of players last year extolling the virtues of Ben McAdoo publicly when they were winning. I mean, it's not, you know, and I really do think that if, like, you're going through a season like this and you really like and respect your head coach, stuff like this doesn't happen. Like, like I well, mean, okay, I, I got you. Now, you have one guy who's a leader on that team. He's extolling the virtues of their head coach. How many other are like him? How many other are like those those who are speaking uh, 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 under uh, anonymity? How many are like that? And, and, and what's their role in the demise of this team? Right. I mean, one of them could very easily, and I don't know this at all for a fact, it very easily could be Eli Apple, who is someone who oh. is – He's said publicly certain things. He's played like hell this year. He's one of the guys who had no, he just didn't want any part of making a tackle in that Rams game. So I mean, so you think that Ben McAdoo is there's there's he's doing fine. This is all on the players. No, no, no. I don't think he's doing fine. But my, my point is, how has the approach changed? I understand you have injuries, but to come out and say he's working us too hard was he working you in the same manner a season ago? Why didn't you say he was working you too hard then? Is it because solely because you were winning? Uh, so if he was working you hard then, I'm sure he's working you the same way this year. So you don't have the same results. Maybe you point to the injuries. But don't come out and tell me the guy is working us too hard. Well, hell, you're supposed to work hard. And, 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 I, and what has changed? Did he work you hard last year? I'm sure he did. And now all of a sudden he's going to work you harder? And, and Saturday practices, you shouldn't do anything on a Saturday. Saturday is a walkthrough. All it is. All right. So if you were a player and and you're, you're losing, you didn't like the guy to begin with, and you're getting like going through the ringer at eighty percent on a Saturday, you'd probably be upset too, right? If you didn't like him from the get go, yeah. But right. did he do that a season ago as well? Were you going eighty percent? I don't believe you're going eighty percent on a Saturday. You do nothing well, on a maybe, Saturday. Maybe he didn't. You know, maybe he didn't. Nothing. Maybe he changed it because they were losing, and he tried to change his approach. Maybe that's what happened. I don't know, but the and when you say you're going eighty percent on a Saturday, are you running around and you have shorts and and helmets on? What do you, you usually don't have anything? You have shorts. That's it. And a jersey. So you think that this guy's lying? I don't know what to believe. <laughs> okay. I, I yes. I can, it's hard for me to fathom that you're doing. You're going eighty percent on a Saturday. Yes. Okay. I don't believe that. Here's another quote from an anonymous player. He says, "I'm going to keep it one hundred, <laughs> and I'm going to tell it like it is." That's redundant. Yeah. <laughs> and it's terrible, man. I feel like we really don't got a leader in Coach McAdoo. Going from Coach Coughlin, a leader who just had that presence. Like, if you were doing something wrong, like on the phone in the hallway, walking by, like Coughlin's going to say something to you. Coach McAdoo, on the other hand, would see you on the phone in the hallway, walk by you, then fine you. Hmm. So he's been so they don't like the discipline that he has employed there. That's what they're saying. And they don't they don't feel like it. then that's a let's assume for a second that's true when that happened. That is a real real easy way to lose the respect of men. If you're going to walk by them and you're not going to say you're mm-hmm. breaking a rule, you know, can stop breaking a rule and then he goes and finds you after not saying anything to you and you just saw it. That people hate that stuff, right? And rightfully so. Yeah. So I mean, it just doesn't seem so he's he's not a personable coach. I think that's what they're saying. Yeah. Not very personable. Doesn't know how to communicate with the players, and he didn't do it a season ago. But yet, you still succeeded to a certain extent. You beat the Cowboys twice, bastards. Uh, so, okay, I can I can understand that, and I can understand now why everyone's lining up to take their shots at him. Because yeah. they don't like the way he 
goes about uh, interacting with, with the guys in that locker room. I mean, that's important. I mean, it's very important. Things- Even as much of a hard as his Bill Parcells was, those guys liked Bill Parcells. And same thing with Bill Belichick. Yeah. I mean, you any one of those former players who played for Belichick, they'll all say great things about mm-hmm. him. I don't think you could find more than a guy or t- – I mean, I don't even know. Even the guys who end up getting cut and were, like, upset about that, you know, eventually go back and say great things about him. So not everybody's going to be Parcells and everybody's going to be Belichick, but, I mean, this is now – and to, like, how much do you have to disrespect your coach to go to an ESPN reporter when you know full well that this is going to be a huge story when it comes out to say all this stuff anonymously? That right there are a couple of people that are trying to get their coach fired. Yes. I mean, I that is that is crossed, like, to the ultimate disrespect. Yeah. So. I, I'm with you. Right. 100. Yeah, we're yeah. going to keep that, it 100. That's, that's, that's uh, exactly what they're trying to do. They feel like they now have room to, to speak, even though anonymously, uh, and, and they are trying to push him out. Teddy Bridgewater is now officially yes! on the Vikings roster, so go. the dream is beginning. The dream is alive. Sam Bradford is on IR, and my uh, prediction, my little outlandish prediction that's out there, is starting to take shape where Teddy Bridgewater becomes the starting quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings after his horrific injury that it's taken him over a year to get to a place where he can practice and in a watered down at times, even though it's looking a little bit better than it did a couple of weeks ago, NFC, the Minnesota Vikings with their great defense will be led by the greatest comeback story ever. And <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> takes them to the Super Bowl, which will be a home game for the Minnesota Vikings and wins their first Super Bowl championship. So maybe you stated this. I don't listen to you, but uh, maybe you said this. So Case Keenum's still the starter, and they're going to bench him for Bridgewater at some point, or he goes down. I don't know how that's going to happen. I mean, I don't know who you think I am here. but (laughs) You're the dream weaver. (laughs) Yeah, but I I don't know how exactly it's going to happen. Okay, but but somehow... Teddy Bridgewater will find an insertion point, and he will be the starter. That's right. There you go. That insertion. And then he leads them. He will lead them to a Super Bowl. Uh, but quickly, I want to have you listen to Jalen Ramsey and what he oh, wow. was saying to A.J. Green mm-hmm. that got him so upset. I told him almost every play that he was weak, that he was soft, that demonstrate facts. He just couldn't handle the truth. It was facts. Um, told him that his time almost up. Uh, told him that it was easy. Which it was. He had one catch for six yards. Uh, I was just out there spitting facts to him. <laughs> I was just bringing facts to the dude, man. Come on, Jalen. Really? Uh, no, I, how do you not love that? I, I mean, you I, you do love it, but <laughs> he's become one of the best. I said this yesterday. He's become one of the better trash talkers in the league. He's one of the best corners in the league, well, too. Two interceptions this year and two last year. It's so, not all uh, about the interceptions because the people know. aren't even throwing I, to him. I, I, I was gonna get there, G. Well, okay, they get there. All right, because I can tell you're already on the on the, the the fan bus or the the bandwagon for him. But uh, yes, he's coming in and he's doing exactly what what he was what was expected of him being a high draft pick. What was he a fifth pick uh, in 2016? And but calling AJ Green saw and not one of the best receivers in the league. AJ Green is still one of the best receivers in the league. He's, there's just many other problems on that offense. So 
Okay, but when you hold a guy to one catch of six yards, you can get away with that. Coming up next, an Andrew Bogus update, and Kirk Herbstreet's going to join us to talk some college football playoff rankings and more. Keep it right here. Hey, guys, it's Eliza Schlesinger, and you're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. It is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Kirk Herbstreet is going to join us in a couple of minutes. To talk Finally! Some... Somebody knows something about college football right. on the show. I know. We've been working very, very hard to get a real analyst on mm, the show. Damn. About and, time. Uh, we'll be doing Herbstreet on the phone. Let's go. <laughs> Herbstreet on the horn. Getting more calls. <laughs> yeah. Finally get some real calls rolling in here. No, but he's gonna he's gonna join us. We're gonna have a battle of who knows more about college football, huh? You know, that's no answer gonna... to that, dog. Come on, come on, come on. Keep it one hundred. We know Pete Bellotti. <laughs> Got that right? Yeah. Put out a poll on that. Who's uh? Who do you like better as an analyst for college football, mm-hmm. Herb Street or Jones? Mm-hmm. I think to our followers, most people are gonna say they Jones. better. They better. Yeah, Herb Street or Jones. We'll have that battle coming up in a couple of minutes. If I don't win, I'm not coming to work tomorrow. <laughs> you have Just a late saying. night tonight? Yep. Oh, well, it might not be a bad thing. Yeah, if where you... are the Hokies playing tonight? And <laughs> yeah. yeah, Brian's got his sleepover at Frank Beamer's house. <laughs> <laughs> this thing is so warm. Yeah, it's just... yeah and it's Vitek. Damn it. Don't call us Vitek. We'll show up and play. <laughs> well, the other day you were like, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. And now you're back to... Yeah, that's because I picked him to win. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Uh, Bogish has an update. Hello, Bogish. Hi, guys. Hi, Bogish. Uh, so just five NBA games last night. Three of them, though, impacted by injury. The Warriors were just fine without Kevin Durant. Nick Young has it. Throw ahead to Klay Thompson. Takes a dribble. Takes a three. And it's good. <laughs> 79 to 66. So that's 13 now in the third for Clay. And 44 <laughs> for his and team. who wants their face painted? In that third quarter, <laughs> Golden State pulled away for a 125-101 decision over the T-Wolves. The highlight, of course, from Tim Roy on Warriors Radio. Durant was out with a bruised thigh. The Celtics started the night without the concussed Al Horford. Then Jason Tatum left in the second quarter with a sore right ankle. Then the Seas beat the Lakers 107-96, their 10th straight victory. Tatum will be further evaluated today. The Knicks... Lost in Orlando as Chris Dapp's Porzingis sat out with a sore ankle and bruised elbow. Fournier got it back up top. He'll launch a three left side. That was a dagger. French <laughs> artillery right on the money there and a magic lead by 16 with 318 so left. Dennis Newman on play-by-play and I believe Richie Adubato on color doing a French accent because Evan Fournier made that shot. Oh, come on. So he went with the dagger. The dagger. Yeah. I mean... That's, you know yeah. what? Someone's got to be offended by that, right? No. You guys, ever Google image Fournier? Uh, no. Go ahead and do it. Um, I'll pass. Mm-mm. Why not? You don't want? Just you don't want to see what uh, Evan Fournier looks like? I'm just gonna finish you my update, Brian. Okay, I'm gonna do it. it. Are you gonna Evan? Do it? What? No, no, no. You have to Google image Fournier. Fournier hit images. How you spell it? F O U. R N I E R. Yeah. See, I'm French. <laughs> Images. <laughs> no! 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 All right, I'll do it. I pass. Ah! I hate you! I hate you! Ah! 
Happened to me yesterday. Oh. It happened. Someone got me with that. Oh. Someone got me. So we do that NBA, Holy. that weekly NBA uh, daily fantasy thing, and a guy had Evan Fournier in his lineup. He was going off against the Knicks, oh. and he goes, he goes, he goes, Google image Fournier, see what happens. And then I did it. Ah. Yep. Pretty bad. I don't know why that comes up. Bro, Dude, that, we're not but. friends anymore. <laughs> I think PDB likes it. He's just staring at it. <laughs> you would like that. Oh, this looks like from my yeah, homeland. Right. Like, <laughs> so, someone's got a worse life. <laughs> they probably do, but I didn't look at it. Oh, that is so gross. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I listen. I don't. Know. Oh, I can't watch him play anymore. <laughs> Those are all of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Kirk Herbstreit, so what we'll make the? a smooth yeah. transition. Oh, oh, CBSSports.com. All right, very good. Uh, Kirk ah. Herbstreit joins us Save right us, now. Kirk. Uh, ESPN college football <laughs> analyst and working with Coors Light uh, as a partner uh, with more than 40 college sports programs <laughs> and the Beer for College Football Saturdays launched its new loyalty app, Coors Light XP, earlier this year. Fans earn, point, earn points by purchasing specially marked 12 or 15 packs using hashtag Coors Light XP rewards on their social channels, taking a responsibility pledge. And playing trivia at participating local. I could use a bars. fifteen pack right now after seeing that. <laughs> Sorry, God. Kirk. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Hey guys, how you doing? We're, we're doing, doing well. We're doing really yeah. well. Uh, what is the most interesting thing right now in your mind as you project forward with the college football rankings? The thing that you're keeping your eye on the most? Probably what what uh, Miami and Wisconsin sitting there both undefeated at at least at this point. Um, where, where they potentially project down the road. I think Miami, because of the ACC and because of the big game this weekend with Notre Dame, who's sitting there at three, if they were to win that game and potentially end up in Charlotte in an ACC championship game against the uh, number four Clemson, uh, who would only move up if, if Miami keeps winning, uh, you, you've got to think that the winner of the Clemson-Miami game is secure if Miami keeps winning. So I, I think they should be okay. Um, but I've heard people talk about Wisconsin controlling its own destiny, and I, I personally don't see that based on what the committee has, has provided us so far. Everybody's just assuming, hey, they're in the Big Ten, Power Five, they're undefeated, no-brainer, they're in. And I would say, what if Alabama runs the table? What if Notre Dame runs the table? What if Clemson runs the table? And what if Oklahoma or TCU, all these teams are ahead of Wisconsin currently, and if that ends up happening, uh, Wisconsin could even, if they finish 13-0, and could be left out uh, of getting into the playoffs. So what? I guess that's the team I'm really curious to see what happens to them because I, I personally think they need some help to be able to get up in the top four. Oh, Kirk, I, what's interesting to me is your alma mater, Ohio State, because Bill Hancock, we spoke to him last week, the executive director of the college football playoff, as you well know, and he said he couldn't foresee a two-loss team making it into the playoff. Let's say Ohio State beats Michigan State this weekend. They go ahead and they win the Big Ten. They're sitting there with two losses. I, I'm, it's hard for me to fathom a two-loss Ohio State team uh, not getting into a playoff. It's Ohio State. It is the Big Ten. Do you think they would be left out? Yeah, I think they would be, unless, unless there was just carnage up ahead of them, um, where, where 
crazy things happen. Um, I think if there's a two-loss team that still has a chance, it's, it has to be Auburn sitting at 10 this week. They're the highest ranked of the two-loss teams. We've been talking about this for, for the last few weeks. Everybody's kind of assuming Georgia and Alabama are just going to win out and play unbeaten, sitting there at one and two in Atlanta. And what if it's a close game? Could they both end up maybe getting in to the four? And meanwhile, there's Auburn sitting there as a top 10 team. They're, they're not three and six. I mean, they're, they're sitting there at, at seven and two and actually played Clemson early in the year, very close in Death Valley and probably are kicking themselves about the way they lost against LSU. Um, so they're a pretty talented team and they get both Georgia this weekend at home and then the Iron Bowl two weeks later against Alabama at home. And you guys know how tough it is to go to Jordan-Hare. So I, I would say if there's a two-loss team that, that has a shot to kind of navigate their way up, if they keep winning, that's a big if, mm-hmm. but if they keep winning, uh, I think it would be Auburn uh, of any potential two-loss team. My, again, in my opinion, Ohio State has the image of 55-24, to 24, I think, would be – Sticking, I'm sure, in the committee's mind. They didn't just stumble at Iowa City. They got blown out and, and embarrassed. And, and I think that, that uh, those are the kind of things that sit on the minds of the committee, again, based on what they've told us in three previous years. G. Owen Jones across the country on CBS Sports Radio with Kirk Herbstreet, who is joining us on behalf of Coors Light. And fans 21 and over can search Coors Light or Coors Light XP on the app or Google Play Store to download the app right now, start earning points, and get money-can't-buy experiences. Uh, speaking of Ohio State, that Michigan State spread is something that a lot of people are talking about, now up to 15 and a half. Uh, do you believe that Michigan State should be getting more respect from uh, odds makers in this particular matchup? Well, we can we can act like players don't care about that coaches don't play don't care about that but oh this is like i almost feel like mark d'antonio called the people in vegas and said hey can you can you make us a 20 point underdog you know i mean it it plays right into the hands this is what michigan state is nobody even knows their name of their head coach you know one time he was on espn and they mispronounced his name loves that. He, he goes into the locker room then and he talks about how nobody cares about you guys. Nobody thinks you're any good. No, they, they don't even think we should show up in Columbus. We shouldn't even play this game. Should we even travel down there to play this game? And, and he's recruited. You know, everybody recruits differently. He recruits collectively a bunch of two and three star guys that are angry at the world. They feel the big schools missed on them. They overlooked them. They got a big chip on their shoulder. He's got, I think, at least 15 guys from Ohio. Ohio State didn't offer. So he's got a team that's now, they were 3-9 and nine last year. They now control their own destiny to get to Indianapolis in a Big Ten championship. And really the only thing in their way is the game against Ohio State. And here comes Ohio State thinking about we're going to go to the playoff this year. We just beat Penn State. They get humiliated by Iowa. And now, for all intents and purposes, they're out of the playoff race, what does Urban Meyer do to push the buttons to still try to get his team to get excited about winning a Big Ten championship? Can he do that? That's the mystery, and and I think even Urban Meyer himself, until this game starts, if Ohio State shows up and they still are interested and they're still focused, then they're going to win the game by 20 points. If they're not, if they're feeling sorry for themselves, ah, the season's lost, we're out of the playoff race, then they're going to lose. 
There's no in-between. They either win big or they lose uh, this weekend against Michigan State. Yeah, no rat poison there in East Lansing uh, like it is in, <laughs> in, 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 in uh, Tuscaloosa. Now, speaking of Alabama and Mississippi State, Mississippi State outscored 80-13 to versus Georgia and, and Auburn. How do you think they fare versus Alabama, who has a, a lot of attrition in that linebacker room? Yeah, Brian, that's the thing with, with Bama is in talking to Jeremy Pruitt earlier this week, I mean, you don't ever need to feel sorry for Alabama the way they recruit, but I don't know if I've ever seen a group uh, impacted in such a negative way than Alabama with that linebacking core and such a big part of what they do because Alabama, more than anybody else, they, they rotate so many different uh, groups based on your personnel grouping offensively, based on the down and distance, they'll be out there with four linebackers. They'll be out there with two linebackers. They'll be out there with one linebacker and six defensive backs. And and some of those guys that are really a part of some of those exotic coverages are, are out. And so it's not just, oh, plug and play, bring in the next five-star. It's understanding schemes and understanding what they're, what they're trying to do. Um, and, and I think that's a big hit. I, I don't think Mississippi State is balanced enough. I think Nick Fitzgerald, their quarterback, it's really about him and running the football and, and doing what Dan Mullen typically does with QBs. They have not typically done real well uh, against the, the teams like Kirby Smart and Nick Saban. So I, I think they're, this case, Bama's offense isn't clicking. So I wouldn't be shocked if it's in Starkville if it's one of those, I don't know, 27 – 17 kind of games. Yeah, I think it's a low, kind of a low-scoring game that uh, that I think Bam. I don't think they'll ever be in doubt, but uh, I don't expect them to blow Mississippi State out at all. Geo and Jones with Kirk Herbstreet joining us on behalf of Coors Light on CBS Sports Radio. Are you in the camp that you don't believe that Jake Fromm is going to be able to win a game if he needs to with that quarterback position, throwing the football, if they're trailing and there's a critical third and 13? Or do you believe that, you know, he will, he just hasn't been able, that, that opportunity hasn't presented itself? I am, I am questioning it because we haven't seen it. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not doubting him. I, I just haven't seen it. Georgia with that running game, they have been able to, to throw the football on their terms. You know, they'll run the ball, get the safeties and the linebackers so determined to stop that running game that they, they kind of lose their discipline, and then they'll play action and the guy's wide open and they'll, they'll make a throw. And it, the guy's a, a true freshman, and it's a great scheme. I'm not knocking it. It's effective and it works. I've always been saying, what happens if they ever go up against a team that can – physically match up at the line of scrimmage and stop that running game and, and get Georgia to third and five or third and seven throughout the game consistently. Can Fromm and those receivers then make plays? And I, and I think this is the weekend we're going to learn if Georgia is, is worthy of that number one ranking because I think, I think Kevin Steele, their defensive coordinator from, from Auburn, he's going to come up with a plan <clears throat> that's very, very – physical and and very uh gap sound and i think they want to try to put the game on on in the lap of Jake from and and those receivers and see if they can deliver the goods and, and get out of there this is this is kind of that it's a rivalry game georgia hasn't been in this kind of environment where they're really going to be tested as far as the crowd noise communication 
I, I just think they have a, a real opportunity to be able to say, I told you, I told you we're the best team in the country, or or maybe not. You know, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, they didn't score an offensive touchdown last year in that victory in Athens. Before we let you go, let me ask you about uh, Miami, Notre Dame. You guys are going to be down there uh, this weekend. I really like this running game of uh, Notre Dame, but even more so their defense. I don't think they're getting enough credit how well they're playing on that side of the ball. How do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, that's a great point about the Miami defense. And we all know from going back to when we played, Brian, I mean, that, that was really what they were known for. Um, you think about the attitude and, and the way they played and how fast they played. They intimidated most people before the game even started. And they're, they're trying to get back to that. I, I've called so many Miami games over the years. And I would tell you that when, when we, the media and fans would say, Miami's back, are they back? Are they, are they back? It, it was always referencing a certain attitude of back in the late 80s, early 90s. And I think the program didn't have a backbone, and they tried so hard to, quote-unquote, be back, that it was more about the swag and not about what really made Miami Miami. What made Miami Miami is, in in that era of, of greatness, was those guys loved playing football. The swag came as part of it, and that's what everybody remembers, but if you really dig deep, they had a great group of people for, for years and years that just loved playing with each other and loved competing. And that's why they were so great. And I think Mark Richt, who lived that as a player, he was around that generation. He's going back and he's not even thinking about swag. He's thinking about bringing back attitude about guys that love the game. Now they got the turnover chain that's getting a lot of attention and all that, and people are kind of maybe looking at that as, oh, here comes Miami and the swag and all that. But I, I've been around these guys. These guys are throwbacks. These guys, it's refreshing to see a team that's very hungry to want to win and very hungry to play for each other. So, And here comes Notre Dame. They've been running the football for over 300 yards and, and dominating people. So this is this is kind of going to be a fun one to see, especially at the line of scrimmage, if, if Notre Dame and Josh Adams can run the ball uh, against that Miami defense that's been playing outstanding. Tell us more about what you're doing with Coors Light. Well, you hit it. You, you pretty much covered it all. Uh, you, you mentioned that Coors Light has partnered with more than 40 pro, uh, college programs, which is which has been great to see. And the new rewards app for fans, Coors Light XP, which which started earlier uh, this year back in August. And uh, the the thing that we want everybody to know is that Coors Light is rewarding fans that are 21 years and older. Uh, within the app, they can earn a lot of one-of-a-kind experiences, a chance to come down to Atlanta and hang out with me at the, at the big game. And all they have to do is search Coors Light or Coors Light XP in the App Store, uh, download it, and if you use my special code KirkFootball by the end of Friday, uh, you'll earn an extra 100 points. So a great program, and like I said, it's just great to have Coors Light involved in college sports. Kirk, thanks for the time this morning, and we all like you better as a college football analyst than, than Brian here, so just want to let you know that that uh, we, we voted no. for you, man. No, no Brian's my man. <laughs> thanks, Kirk. He's not ours. It's nice you said that, but have a great day. All right, Kirk, see you later. All right, guys. Sorry. Thanks, man. There we go. So, a real, real live college football yeah. analyst on the show. One that's professional. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, what, what do we have? We put up that poll on uh, Gio and Jones. Mike, you got an update on that? Who do you like better as a college football analyst? It's close, but 51% for Kirk. Wow, it's, really? I'll take that. 
You'll take Sweet. losing on your own Twitter I'll account? I'll take that. Sweet. Hey, keeping it real, dog. <laughs> when mm. keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah, that's going right. You think it's going right? 49% That's cool. I'll take 49%. No, you should. No, that, it angers me. Why does it anger you? Because this is our own Twitter oh. account, at Geo and Jones. So, Go there and vote, by the way, at Geo and Jones. I asked them to lie. I, I said, please lie. <laughs> Maybe they're lying. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Listen, Geo and Jones listeners, get out there. And and vote here for Brian. This is a this is a travesty. What's going on here? It's not Geo and Herb. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it might be Geo and Herbie. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> we will go into the break on a little bit of sadness here that uh, you're not leading that poll. But we'll come back and talk to you. Why Twitter screwed up? Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Up to be an Overboards member today and start earning instantly. Overboards members earn $5 back for every 150 points you earn. It's fast, easy, and free, and only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Good news for you, Brian. What? The... Oh, hey, hey Lars. Lars. What's up, What's man? What's Long time. No talk. Yeah, been a minute. Um, Way to <laughs> pop in. <laughs> Wait, first of all, how about Herb Street knowing what the hell he was pitching? How about that? Yeah, I know. For the first time ever yeah. on this show. <laughs> Usually it's like, well, we got a couple things available. Who, so is it Terrell Davis? Yeah. No, <laughs> the guy had to jump on the phone? <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, well, uh, TD, let me get the phone there. <laughs> I did. I, I, Dikembe. Let's oh, yeah. see. What is it? Uh, yeah. Mobile or yeah, right. Texaco or yeah. Exxon? <laughs> One of those things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Good for Herb Street. He knew, he knew the whole thing. I, I mean, I, I, I kind of stumbled through the read in the beginning, so that's why I gave him an opportunity at the end to do it himself. And sometimes these guys, they like. He gave us fifteen minutes, which was nice. Yes. And I, and sometimes you know they like the fact that they say it themselves as opposed to me. Yeah. So that's why I had. Cool. Him. And he knew it. And and I also mm-hmm. is something about me asking him to talk about it, and then the person not knowing what they're pitching. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, the good news is. What? The listeners, the call to action worked with our Twitter followers. Mm-hmm. You have now taken a commanding lead. Commanding. 56%. Yeah! That's what I'm talking about. 56%. Say Brian Gio Jones. and Jones strong. <laughs> Who do you like better as a... Don't say that because it means something like tragic happens. Oh. You know, they always use the strong oh. after something really bad happens. Oh, and people right. rise up through oh, okay. the tragedy. Gio and Jones, Yeah! Yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. Uh, so, uh, who do you who do you like better as a college football analyst right now? It's uh, it's Brian Jones at fifty six. That's what I'm talking about. So, if you disagree mm-hmm. with that, you can go and vote. Wait, don't no, don't give him that. But if you agree with it, go and vote yeah. at Geo and Jones yeah. Yeah. on go. Twitter. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of Twitter, the Twitter. Ugh. Oof. I they can't believe a, they're doing this. They made a huge mistake. Yes. 
by doubling the amount of characters that you can use. Now, I'm already trying to phase a lot of Twitter out of my life. Like, I'll necessarily, like, there's times in this business where it's necessary, and I'll do that to promote things, whatever. But, like, I just can't stand it. And now it's becoming Facebook where just people are using, they got more things to say that I don't care about. Mm -hmm. And then also people are doing this dumb stuff like they'll just go, yeah, with a bunch of H's to fill out the character thing. And then it clogs up your timeline. They think it's funny and they're not funny. Mm. Or a million times. Now people are going to be less creative as if they weren't already. I'm with you. I need to phase it out too. It's true. Sick of it. Done. I'm tired of it. You know what? It's not even. But go vote. It's not even Twitter's fault. It's it's people. It's their fault. Two eighty. Come on. Yeah, Giving these knuckleheads more characters to work with. Well, that's my point. Is that Come there's on. Just, there's too many knuckleheads. Yeah. Too much of this. What's wrong with you. Yeah. Twitter. So I will not tweet anything. I don't even know if I got the two eighty yet. Did I get the two eighty yet? How do you know no. you have the two eighty? When you try to compose a tweet at the bottom, the number will be there. Oh, so when in, I thought it, everyone had it, no? No, not yet. They're rolling it out slowly. Everyone will have it eventually. But I don't have it on either the Geo and Jones account or my personal account. Oh, okay. So do you have it? Did you, were you lucky enough to have it? I don't know. Man, I don't know. I don't know how to do nothing on this social media. <laughs> I don't know Man. how to do anything on the socials. Man, I don't know how to do that. I don't Let me send see. no picture. So if I try to write something, it will say... You have what? <laughs> you just told me I wasn't listening. Okay. You got one of those phone screens, too, where nobody can see? Yeah, you. privacy screens, and I can't see anything now. I didn't know if you have. Yours is different than mine. I have it. We're figuring out whether or not I have yeah, 104. How do you know? You got it. I got it. It doesn't say 140. In oh, I got it. We're yeah. special. Yep. Yeah. I think I got it too. Oh, you got, yeah, I don't have it. I don't want it. Don't have it. Whose baby is this on my Twitter? <laughs> that is not, not my yours. baby. Yours. I don't know why they sent. Why would y'all send me that? That ain't my baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How'd that get on there? Who's this baby up on this Twitter? Yeah, uh, that is not my baby. That doesn't look like me. <laughs> by the way, Pete recorded us coming back from break without the music, so this is what it's going to sound like on the podcast. <laughs> So, by the way, America, that's what you sound like when you're singing in your car. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> that crescendo yeah, there I, at the end. No, that was both of us going at the same time. Usually it's one or the other. We teamed up for a duet there. That, that may be our best one yet. <laughs> it really it might be. great on the podcast. Oh, there was the other one that was pretty good, too, though, with the um, that one, the Rebel uh, Just for Kicks, yeah. You know that one? Mm. Rebel Just for Kicks, yeah. Yeah. No, I think this was the best. Those two are probably the top two. Okay. That's like the Herb Street and Brian Jones of the... Of the I'm still deal. mad at you, though. Oh, because of Fournier? Yes! You're nasty! I told you it happened to me, so I repaid. I well, paid it forward. Why couldn't you just keep it with you? Because it got an unbelievable reaction, so... Oh, that was gross. If you haven't... I'll uh, never eat an omelet again. If you... 
If you missed it, if you I look like a meat lover's omelet, if you, if you Google image quiche Fournier, don't do it for I'm whatever you. for whatever reason you're gonna hate Geo. Don't do some it. Some weird stuff comes up. Don't do it, folks. So like someone wanted to see what Evan Fournier looked like one day, and woofa! Don't do it. Thanks to Herb Street, <laughs> Mikey B, Petey Meats, Bogus, and Jack alone. Talk to you tomorrow, June Jones, CBS One Radio. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty five dollars per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 